Welcome to Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch the movies you recommend. We don't know what we're going to watch until we sit down to watch it. I am your host, John. Over there is your other host, Jeff. That's Jeff. Wait, hold on. Let me try that. Wait a minute. Can I do a second take on that? No, you cannot. I'm me. <laughs> no, okay. That's us. <laughs> Here we go. So... We have rolled up a movie that we're going to watch, and we're going to give you our spoiler-free review to start with, and then we'll play a little music and get into the full spoilers. This time around, we rolled on the big list and got Jupiter Ascending. Mm-hmm. Jupiter Ascending. And the moon is in the seventh house. Oh. That's good. Mm-hmm. I think that means, what, love will rule the planet? Yeah, and that this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius or something. The, yeah, probably. The age of Wondar the Aquarian. <laughs> Wondar the Aquarian. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> that's a fun reference. <laughs> that's a good one for a couple people, maybe. I mean, the fact that Wondar the Aquarian is never what he called himself. No, he was Wondar and then he was the Aquarian. Yeah, never the two. Never the twain shall meet. Yeah, he was either Wondar or he was like big boobed muscle Jesus. <laughs> I think uh, that's the Aquarian, right? When he I was, love the Aquarian so much. Yeah, that's when he had actually had, they drew him as having big, soft, round muscles, and it just made him look like he had some fa fancy boobs. Well, yeah, Wondar was like, I'm going to be a weird, dumb parody take on Superman. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, you know what we could do is Superman's already sort of a Jesus metaphor anyway. Let's just lean into that shit. Just turn him into Super Jesus. Yeah, except they completely changed his power set. Yeah, that's right, they did. He was like some kind of dream-based guy or something. No, uh, the Aquarian had basically the ability to drain the power out of things. Oh, okay. So, like, if someone tried to punch him, they, they'd have no kinetic force, and mm -hmm. he just sort of had a bubble of weakness around him. I know a whole bunch of people who will drain the power out of me for about a hundred bucks. <laughs> so, I don't know if that's... Well, being an introvert, everyone drains the power out of me. Oh, I'm oh. So, I didn't know. Do I have permission to enter your magical <laughs> hamster space? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I will ply you with a book about ghosts. Thank you. Please bring me various breads and cheeses. <laughs> Maybe I will come out from behind this blanket. <laughs> but only if you're lucky. <laughs> It's funny because I know so many introverts, and I like all of them, and they're all my friends. Yeah, because none of them are that. Yeah, and then the internet just trains me to hate them. <laughs> the internet is like, oh, introverts are special magical fairies, mm -hmm. and if you, you leave out beer overnight, then they'll cobble your shoes. <laughs> if you can catch them, they'll grant you wishes three. <laughs> <laughs> but be careful, for they are tricksy. <laughs> and they do not wish to be caught, or even touched. <laughs> It's just the internet has ruined the introvert for introverts. Yeah. Every time any introvert starts drawing a little picture about their lives, they should just stop. You're like, oh, no, no you, don't, don't. you fucked up. I really want to see one about extroverts, because those comics have also turned folks like me who don't feel like extroverts, but do like to go to the occasional party because it kind of recharges my batteries. Because, you know, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I spend most of my time going slowly crazy because the only person I, I talk to can't talk. Yeah. But going to a party kind of brings it back for me. But in those things, I'm always, every one of those portrays me as some guy who just stands around going, welcome to Corneria. I like sports ball. <laughs> yeah, no, all of those comics are the worst. I hate the family dog. <laughs> the show? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it wasn't very good. No, but they always, that's the weirdest thing to me is that introverts seem to have tried to claim on the internet talking to the pets at parties. Yeah. As like their thing. It's like, screw that. Everyone likes pets at parties. 
It's, they're great. They're, it's yeah. a dog. It's a dog. Who dogs, doesn't love a dog? Dogs are better than people. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So Speaking anyway. of dogs that are better than people yeah. and that are people, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Sorry, introverts. It's not your fault that the internet is bad. But going forward, Jupiter Ascending. So, no spoiler review. Um, This movie has a rep as being outrageous nonsense that was just bad. Oh, yeah. It's some, it's some hot spastic plastic. Uh, now you had seen this before. I had not. Yeah, I watched this on a on a drunken Tuesday. I, I, <laughs> I, I was staying home sick or something, and I was like, "Ooh, that that'll eat up three hours of my life." <laughs> and boy, did it! Yep, twice now. Uh, yeah, I knew just little snippets about it, mm-hmm. like just the weird, random things that people are like, "What the? F- the a dude that's part dog and a guy that's part bee and." There's a lady, and she she goes into space, and Eddie Redmayne's there, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what the plot of this is, but you've got my interest. Yeah. I think the only thing I, I read about this going in was that Eddie Redmayne was like the reincarnation of, of Steven Tyler's mouth. <laughs> he was... Just his mouth. Which is weird, because Steven Tyler, of course, is still alive. Yeah. So the fact Strange. That, the fact that his mouth is already reincarnated into a British guy... Is uh, the entire it, mouth one British man? I, he's got the same kind of like giant lips that can open a huge mouth, like longer, way bigger than you'd think they could. But yeah, anyway, that's the only thing I really knew going in was Eddie, Eddie Redmayne in this movie plays a weird. I love Eddie Redmayne, <laughs> but he plays a, his character in this is nonsense. I everyone has some very specific character and stylistic choices in this, mm-hmm. and some of them work. And most of them don't. Yeah. I'm sure it was a really stylistic character choice on the part of Chang Tame to play his character as a big, dumb muscle face. <laughs> hey, I think he's like uh, Hemsworth, and then he's like, please don't make me do this again. Uh-huh. I don't want to just be uh, an action muscle guy. I want to do fun things. Yeah, because have you seen the Magic Mike movies? No. Have, have you re- seen 21 Jump Street? Yes, those are good, but he plays the big, dumb lumphead in them. Well, yeah, but he's playing <laughs> a joke version. Sure, of he's a straight man. But he's still playing. I mean, he's basically the same character. If you put uh, if you put the other guy from those movies in this, it would make sense. Oh, I would love if Jonah Hill was in this. Just Are you kidding me? Around. Just some weird like I'm part squirrel. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone's making some fun choices in this, especially the people from space. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler free review. I'd say you could probably give this a miss. As far as all of the like, very well-publicized bad films. Mm -hmm. After watching it, I was like, oh, I was expecting something way more wacky, Mm -hmm. and this was just sort of boring. It's, uh, there's sequences that that are supposed to be exciting. It drags so bad. Yeah. So that's that's basically the the easy review. That said, there's parts of it that are okay. I mean, it's about as bad as the the Wachowskis get, basically. I mean, it's got good visuals, because... The Wachowskis are good at making some visuals. Yeah, they're good at making candy visuals to look at. I'm a fan of the Wachowskis in general, but this is about as bad as Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, it's just, you had an idea, and man, there should have been some restrictions here. Yeah, like, if you're if you're hungry for Wachowski action, just watch Speed Racer. Just watch it That's, over and over it's again. so good. And then go listen to our review of Speed Racer. Yeah, and then watch Sensate, that show, because it was pretty fun. Lots and lots of sex having. <laughs> So, and there's a character in this movie who was in that, or actor in this movie who was in Sensei. Yeah, no, there's a character in this movie <laughs> who was in Sensei. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it after the spoiler because it's a huge spoiler. Oh, it's big spoilers. It would ruin the movie for you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
We are going to have a little bit of music, and we are going to come back, and when we do, we're going to do a full spoiler review of Jupiter Ascending. Welcome back. We are ready to dive in to the meat and potatoes. Oh, we're also diving into potatoes? And the, I don't know, the asparagus. garlic asparagus. The garlic asparagus. Yeah. Okay. We're having a full entree here mm-hmm. of Jupiter Ascending. A three-course dinner of Jupiter. It is extremely long, so that does make sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. When we get to the end of this, we're going to have a nice little sorbet. Yeah, and it had better start with some, like, Tato skins or something. Cause... <laughs> some Tato skins. Yeah. Some Channing Tato skins. <laughs> I'd watch that movie before I'd watch this one again. Yeah, Channing Tato skins. Yeah, that'd be way into that. Channing Tato shirts versus Channing Tato skins. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This movie... God damn. This movie <laughs> starts out with uh, a little opening narration from Mila Kunis telling us that her character's an alien... An illegal alien. You see, because this movie is going to have space aliens in it. She's she's an illegal alien. Yeah, but she's lived her whole life in in, uh, the United States. She just has an interesting and weird backstory that that puts her in a position where she shouldn't legally be here. Yeah, so her parents were Russian teachers. Yeah. That her dad got shot when people... (laughs) broke into her house and stole a bunch of stuff yeah he was some kind of uh extremely uh astronomer like he was he was extremely astronomer (laughs) you know what i'm gonna stand by it he was extremely astronomer (laughs) like because everything the only things he ever does in this movie is like meet cute with the mom by being like the stars are full of miracles (laughs) and then later he's like he's like (laughs) he's like how do magnets work (laughs) A, p- a pelican tried to eat my cell phone at Frisco Bay. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the I think the mom was a physicist and he was an astronomer. That's correct. Uh, and then, but like I said, he's he's an extremely astronomer because he because uh, the next thing he does is like we're going to name our child Jupiter. And the mom's like, the hell we are. No, and then he's like, but I'm very persuasive. And I think the suggestion was he was about to go down on her. I guess. It seemed like that, didn't but it? she was extremely pregnant at that point. Yeah, that doesn't matter. You can get freaky extremely way up. Extremely pregnant. I know, but you can get super freaky. Not if you're extremely astronomer, though. No, that they never get super freaky. <laughs> well, I mean, they do, but it's kind of sad when they do, and then eventually it brings down their career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> topical. So, yeah. Uh, during this discussion is when some dudes break in and murder... Uh, the dad when they try to take his telescope. Yeah, but he's like, but no, my telescope, please. I am extremely astronomer. <laughs> Which, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense considering that telescope costs like $4,000. That's that he'd true. he'd be like, please don't. Yeah, so they shoot him and he dies. And then the mom in her grief uh, emigrates to Flees America. Flees to America and, and has jupiter aboard a ship in the Uh, middle of the ocean her story is weird like she's some sort of well-heeled well-to-do physicist who's pregnant in russia and her husband gets killed so she decides the best thing to do is go to to america with nothing and have her kid on a boat it's not like they stole her life they just stole her like some of her cash yeah and not even like 
a ton of stuff. Like they are in and out within, I want to say, fifteen seconds, maybe. And, and then when she gets to America, she settles in as some kind of washing woman, and is like, "Well, that works for me then." Well, I'm going to go from, you know, being a well-to-do physicist to fucking around cleaning toilets now. Yeah, but at least there's no cats here in America. Yeah. And the streets are paved with cheese. Yeah, which is exactly the only reason to flee Russia is not enough cheese. Not enough cheese. Yeah, that's so not true. Russian cheese is so goddamn good. <laughs> okay, so so that that story all happens. Uh, and then we set up what's actually what Mila Kunis' character is, which is that she wakes up at 445 every day to clean a bunch of rich people's toilets. And she hates her life and dreams of something better. Why... Her aunt told her that she was born under uh, Jupiter ascending, and that that means that her life is destined for greatness. And... Yeah, what a boring like prophecy that was. Like you're you're like she was like, oh, you were born with the twenty third degree of Jupiter's ascension. That means you're destined for greatness, and you will meet your true love. Okie dokie. All right, so most people don't do that. Then, nope, they sure don't. <laughs> Also, I was born at an untrackable point in the middle of the ocean, so I feel like your astrology, astrology charts are probably bullshit. <laughs> well, at uh, least she does call out that astrology is indeed bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what she's up to. She's waking up every day and saying she hates her life under some covers. Then we cut to a mysterious man walking through a mysterious alley mysteriously. <laughs> Uh, uh, he's got a heavy trench coat and he's all chanting Tatami. See, I think, didn't we go to the planet where... Oh, that's right, where the three rich people are The three are rich people are? Yeah, okay, well, I could do that first, because it did happen first. So, <laughs> so We may as well do yeah, it chronologically. We could, it doesn't matter. We could do it in yeah. order, it doesn't matter. So two obvious super rich aliens are wandering around in on a planet that's covered in some kind of obsidian sand. Now, when we say aliens, they are just humans. Oh, that's right, everyone's just a human. Uh, they're covered in some kind of... The planet's covered in some kind of obsidian sand, but you could tell there was a city there. There's, like, purses and shoes and stuff, like, sticking oh, yeah. halfway up out of the sand. There's, there's like... Like destroyed buildings and mm -hmm. nonsense and whatnot. Uh, and they're saying to each other, like, oh, have you ever actually seen a harvest? I'm told they don't feel a whole lot of pain. Yeah. Yes, it's over instantly is my understanding, but I would never actually go to one. Yes. And it, they, So they have some, some menacing rich people talk, and then a third one walks in. And a, then a Eddie very, Redmayne shows up. A very Eddie Redmayne showing up to join some dude whose name we don't know, and then also a woman named, like, Tuppence. <laughs> The actress who plays, I want to say her character's name is, and I'm not going to look it up, mm. I'm going to say Kik, probably Kendra. Yeah, it could be Kendra, whatever, it's fine, it doesn't matter. We're going to call her Tuppence, let's be real here. But yeah, the actress's name is Tuppence Middleton, and I was like, fuck, you are British. Yeah. And uh, It's nice to think that when she gets all old and bent, she'll become Tuppence, a bag. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, feed the birds. <laughs> feed the birds. Uh, there's also the, the the middle, the youngest brother, uh, a hedonist played by no one who matters, and then uh, Eddie Redmayne shows up. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne's character choices in this movie are spectacular. Yeah, like the the sister and the brother just look like probably the most tame versions of people from like the hunger games yeah pretty much like without the, the marge simpson haircuts or anything yeah yeah but like still fairly ostentatiously dressed and it's also really obvious that tuppence is dressed up in a lot of old age makeup like they've really pancaked on some crap oh yeah and uh 
the other two are what Titus and Balaam. Bal- Balaam. Balaam's the big bad. That's Eddie Redmayne, and then Titus. Red Mary. Yeah, and then Titus is the the youngest brother. So Eddie Redmayne teleports in, kind of. I assume he's a holographic projection. I assume everyone here is a holographic projection. And he's like, he he starts talking in this voice that uh, is the major character choice. Is what is it that you would like from me? He kind of sounds like that dude that's always in uh, Mike Myers or Michael Myers movies, the Loomis. It's almost like he's making that particular. It sounds like Donald. Yeah, you know, like from uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer and uh, wait, Cat which in the one, Hat. So wait, which one's Mike Myers and which one's Michael Myers? <laughs> both. They're both. Because that, that's how you're supposed to tell them apart. The one with the with the mask is Michael Myers, and the one with the horrible guru beard is Mike Myers. And the one who was Shrek is Mike Myers. Yeah, that sounds that sounds more correct. I wish that Michael Myers had starred in like the Love Guru and stuff, because then he wouldn't have made any of those shitty jokes. Yeah, you would have just killed people. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's just stood there breathing heavily in a mask unless anyone came near him. Uh, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, he basically talks like Donald Pleasance from uh, from the Michael Myers movies. Was like, yes, I. Uh, what is it you wish? I'm quite busy with business. Oh, oh. I see. I see you're looking fine. He's talking like an old man. It's weird. It's he's so whispery. Yeah, and I don't understand the choice. Well, it's also he's it's so that it's very contrasted when he screams. Because every once in a while he'll scream in order or something, and it's just you know a normal voice, but all high pitched and angry. So it's just I suppose it's supposed to be a contrast thing, but it just makes him sound like a weirdo. This yeah. was the first Eddie Redmayne movie I saw, uh-huh. and so for a long time, I thought that was just how he talked. <laughs> I thought that was just Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, and then I, I saw that movie where he plays uh, a a, uh, a trans uh, woman, uh, or a woman who was con- or a person who was considering transitioning to a woman, uh, and he, he had a normal British accent, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. He, he doesn't just talk like a whisper man. <laughs> He's not just a weird whisper man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... So we get a little bit of tension where we find out that the little brother has, like, squandered his inheritance and the big brother is wealthy or whatnot. And, ooh, there's something to do with Earth, and it's so precious. Yeah, he's like, oh, you don't, you know, because this is Titus talking. He's like, yes, it's it's mother's birthday, and you know how I get sentimental. Uh, there's a planet she mentioned as being as unusually beautiful. She called it, um, Earth. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, can I just have that little planet for sentimental reasons? And the sister pipes up, and she's, she's like, you know that planet's worth more than everything you have put together, right? It's the most valuable planet. And Redmayne just smiles and walks walks away from the planet. He just disappears. Yeah. So we know that we now know that Earth matters. That's right. <laughs> and then we cut back to the the ship that Redmayne is a Balam that Balam is is on, and he's he's giving some weird and unusual orders uh, about a woman named uh, Beverly McLeary or something like that. Catherine Devere Devry University. Yeah, it's uh, it's Shelley Duvall. Uh, if you found Shelley Duvall, kill her at once. Uh. So uh, that's a, a weird thing where it's they really want to kill this woman with the much more functional name of Jupiter Jones. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's that Eddie Murphy space movie? Because I always thought that was the one that had the worst names. Oh, uh, uh, what was that? Pluto, Pluto Mars, Nash, Pluto Nash. Which is worse, John? Pluto Nash or Jupiter Jones? <laughs> I mean, probably Pluto Nash, because at least Jupiter Jones sounds like a comic book type thing, because mm-hmm. it's got the alliteration. What about Luke Skywalker? 
terrible name. Well, if you think about it, it's got Lucas hidden in it. That's how he thought of it. It's Luke Lucas Skywalker. That's that's and that's, he's he's always dreamed of being a Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, Lucas Skywalker. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, it it turns out that he kind of wants Jupiter Jones dead, but he's not the only person with interest in Jupiter Jones. But we cut to some random space assassins who look like Harlequins uh, hanging uh, around in an alleyway. Everyone in this movie has some real interesting style decisions as far as like my hair is i don't know looks like a giant bird on my head and is blue yeah she kind of has a 1970s lampshade thing going for a haircut uh, that's duna bay who was the person i was mentioning as having also been on on sensate yeah i mean she kind of looks like she just walked out of blade runner and then you've got another person that looks like they're from a shadow run campaign well yeah he's who's got like a weird metal eye that's like a giant prosthesis yeah and then you got the black dude who looks like he's a black dude in even blacker face like, it literally looks like they took him and, and, and darkened him to make him look like more of an alien guy. Yeah. Uh, and he has an off-center mohawk. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's got a weird choice. Everyone's got something so that you can identify them by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duna Bay's character is always on a hover bike. You never see her not on a hover bike. Yeah, like, I think there are a few instances where she's, like, walking around in a ship. Mm-hmm. But anytime anything goes down, she's like, I refuse to get off of this hover bike. I love my hover bike. But we're going to try and sneak up somewhere. Great. I'll sneak there on a hover bike. Yep, Fuck I'll you. hover above it all. No problem. But you know what? She's not the one with the worst always on vehicle in the movie. So let's keep going, shall we? <laughs> so they are. <sighs> they're shadowing a man. They are track. They are tracking a target. And ooh, someone else is tracking it. And it's a man in a trench coat. And he's he is. Well, we get a few different things that he is. Well, we get the, we get the basic. Uh, oh, this guy's a real bad or dangerous guy. Speech having to be given by like minor villains. Except the things that we get for him is like, ooh, he was a legionnaire. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, also, he's a lichen tant. A lichen tant. What? Uh, uh, you can tell he's a lichen tant. Also, he's super dangerous. How do you know? The boots. I don't know what they say there. Yeah. There's something they say. I was like, you can tell he's whatever, and I don't know what it is, but they mention the boots, mm-hmm. and it's weird because no one else has them or thinks to take them away from him. Well, one of the things about this movie is that the sound editing is pretty bad for like a home TV, uh, and also everyone kind of mumbles their way through some really cheesy sci-fi dialogue. Yeah. So a, a lot of the movie is indecipherable, and this was in the first five minutes of the film before we figured that out, so we hadn't had time to go in and turn the subtitles on. Yeah. So it, she could have said anything. Yeah, I don't know. There, It could have been some weird sci-fi word. It could have been an in-joke. She could have been like, oh, and he'll also never actually be in a Gambit movie. <laughs> How can you tell? The boots. He'll never make one. <laughs> Well, Fox won't, that's for sure. Yep. At this point, we aren't even sure if Fox is going to make a new Mutants movie. <laughs> They're doing reshoots. It's uh, possible. They've done three rounds of reshoots. Right now, it's completely in Marvel's hands. Yeah. Because it's changed hands now. Uh. So, yeah, they, they are following him, and he has some ability to, like, see past events in a holographic thing. Like, he sees someone writing the name Catherine, like, Devere, Devorn. Mm-hmm. And he also has a device that he's using to get through a door here. It's a it's a little 
uh, fidget spinner that expands while it fidget spins. Uh, yeah, it, it spins and fidgets. And then it creates a hole in the space where it's fidget spinning. So it's basically a portable hole. Yeah. So he uses a portable hole to go inside a building, and then all these other, like, mercenaries and stuff start setting up an ambush for him, but he can sense it because he's a lichen tant. Can I, can I just say, I really like his weird portable hole device because it also, when it closes, everything else reappears where it was. So mm-hmm. it's just sort of like pushes stuff out of the way in space and then brings it back. Can I say this guy has three pieces of technology uh, on his person that make him the world uh, or the galaxy's ultimate badass and no one else also has one. No. All three of his things are unique to him. Yep. And it's real weird. It's it, because it, it, everyone has unique style choices and yeah. his style choice was cool gadgets. Cool gadgets that are super useful and seem like they'd be ubiquitous amongst other alien badasses from space. You'd think. And, and yet, no. All of it, and when you strip, when you think about it, he's not actually all that interesting. He's just carrying good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's also a wolf. We'll get we'll get into that. Okay, so so he, but he knows they're setting up an ambush outside, so he readies the first. Yeah, uh, his the, little pointy ears twitch. Yeah, so he gets his other two pieces of cool gear out. One of them is a in floating energy shield. Yeah, he's got a portable energy shield that like goes out in front of him. And and it's like a real a shield gun. too. It's like a, a shield that it stays on one arm. Yeah. Uh, and then also he starts clicking his heels together three times and he fucks off out of the movie. He goes back to Kansas. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he turns on his shadow, the hedgehog grade floaty rocket skate hover boots. He has anti-grav boots that, when he uses them, it just looks like Channing Tatum is rollerblading his precious little heart out. Yeah, he looks like some sort of rollerblade-based superhero from the 1990s Image comic. Oh, he looks like he is about to start doing some Starlight Express any second now. Yeah, he's going to throw up some tags all over Shibuya City. That's what's going to... And then a really good, like, uh, Jurassic 5 song will play. (laughs) Like, this whole decision on the we're gonna give him these hover boots they went all in on the Mm -hmm. hover boots because they are a prominent piece of the uh the movie and Mm -hmm. every time every single time he's just like yeah i'm rollerblading and i'm like this looks ridiculous yeah it seems like he should be wearing a speedo and like a weird chicken hat and like a uh, uh, roller hover biking around the boardwalk of like a beach city oh yeah he yeah. should have like a mesh tank top mm-hmm. and a, just a big bushy mustache and he should be wearing short shorts and he's just like i love this yeah i'm a huh. local figure everyone hey. knows about me i'm floating fruit boots guy <laughs> Floating fruit boots. I hate when they take fruit boot off and it's only seasonal. <laughs> All he can get is that count for Jocula. Uh, uh. So, so anyway, yeah, he's he just looks silly. And he uses them to do all these like powered backflip kicks and like jumpy jumps and so on. It's 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 a neat idea, but damn, does it ever look like he's just doing some bad Shadow the Hedgehog cosplay? Uh, so he manages to. Uh, at least shoot one of these bounty hunters in the shoulder mm-hmm. and evade the other two. Yes, by using he's jumping from ga- from uh, fire fire escapes using his floaty boots. Yes, and he gets away, and they they have they, a discussion. They have a discussion with a shadowy figure. Yeah, they're like they're like. Uh, well, should we? Well, obviously, we can still attempt to retrieve her before he does. Yes, but I have an idea. Do you trust me? Yes. And that's their their weird conversation. 
meanwhile, Mila Kunis is bad at being a, a maid. She's slow, and she... Oh, sorry, I guess just call her Jupiter. It's not like her name's hard to remember. Yeah. Uh, she wants you to just call her Jupe, thank you. <laughs> no one wants you to call them Jupe. <laughs> uh, so, she's bad at being a maid, but... Uh, she has to have dinner with her family, a big fancy dinner with a bunch of Russian people with an oligarch type father who's just, or I guess, family patriarch who's just like, we speak English at table. Yeah. And it's her uncle that is this person, and mm-hmm. he's in charge of the business. Yeah. And so she's asking for an advance on her pay because she wants to buy a fancy telescope like dad used to have. Yeah. Uh, but-, but her cousin has an idea where she sells her eggs. Yeah. He wants her to pretend to be a rich person who's a friend of hers, like someone she works for, uh, and sell her eggs at a clinic. Uh, for $15,000, of which the cousin will get 10000 Which is dumb as shit, because I go, uh, how about I just take all 15000 and you go fuck yourself? I just cut you out real easy. But but she's apparently her cousin, Vladdy, uh, who is just this weird skeevy dude who I swear I thought was going to hit on her. Yeah. There's, he's got He's just got bad energy. No, the entire time I thought he was a skeevy boyfriend until they went, oh, cousin Vladdy, and I was like, oh, whoa, because you're... You're putting out some real bad, creepy boyfriend vibes. Yeah, that was a real problem for this character. Uh, it, but anyway, she kind of doesn't want to go through with selling her eggs, but then she gets talked into it because she really wants a $4,000 telescope. Yeah. Now, she ends up at the house of this person that she is going to eventually uh, impersonate to give these eggs. Great chance to just do a bunch of underwear stuff, apparently. Yep, it's just we have a... A hot lady in her underwear, and that's what this scene is about, is mm-hmm. Mila Kunis talking to underwear lady, and they're all talking about, like, getting married for love, or whether I'm just getting married because this person is rich. Yeah, and it was a very specific list of ways in which this character is rich. He was, like, the eighth most rich, eligible rich bachelor under 30. Uh, he had, uh, well, he spoke fluent Chinese and German, and he was some sort of social practice lawyer, and yeah. all this other really good stuff. So, you know... Jupiter, of course, wants to marry for love, but she's like, you should marry him anyway, because that sounds like a great resume he's got there. And <laughs> and then weird invisible gray aliens show up. Yeah, invisible gray gray aliens attack, uh, and they they take a sample of the of the uh, woman who Mila Kunis works for, because this is this is the Beverly of uh, that was mentioned or whatever her name is that was mentioned Catherine. earlier. Sorry, Catherine, 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 Catherine McBeverly. Um, <laughs> And they flip her over and use they knock her unconscious, flip her over and take a sample out of the back of her neck and establish that that isn't actually her. Yeah. And then they go to uh, attack Jupiter after she takes a picture of them. Yeah, they attack her and erase her. They erase her short term memory. Yeah, they men in black the two of them where they yeah. don't. They both are just sort of standing there and don't realize that anything has happened. Yeah, but then they don't kill either of them, so they wake up with no memory of what just happened. But Mila still has a picture of this whole thing happening on her phone. Yep. Yeah, Jupiter Which does. you'd think would be <laughs> part of the training. Something that these... they'd be like, hey, when you, you know, men in black someone, mm-hmm. if they've got a cell phone up and out pointed at you, mm-hmm. maybe take a look at it. Or just take it. Just take the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, these little things are, I can't tell if they're supposed to be super smart or what. Whenever they're talking, whenever they're on screen, they're pretty much always talking to each other. And they sound like when you've got a bunch of doves in your backyard. Yeah. That, they just sound like that, which I honestly just loop that. There's there's your system mastery, Asmar, you've been asking for. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's what it was. Uh, so, so, yeah. The uh, 
they don't remember that, and then she's going to go sell her eggs, mm-hmm. and so she goes into the room with the doctors and everything, and then they use, like, ooh, no, they've got super high-tech straps, and it turns out that these are bad alien doctors. They're the same weird little gray alien monsters with using hollow disguises. Which means they have to be kind of intelligent because they, like, talk to her. They can impersonate doctors. So presumably these little guys are intelligent. I mean, they also fly fighter ships later in the movie. So yeah. they're, they're definitely some kind of intelligent. Their the only- native language just sounds like doves cooing, though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they get to the point where they're they're feeding they're they cut her oxygen off and they're about to kill her for sure. Yeah, because they're like, ooh, this is the person we were looking for. Yeah, now that we've shot her in the neck and got a little blue light instead of a red one. Mm-hmm. Also, she's pregnant. Uh, but then right before she dies, in bursts Channing Tatum on his hover skates. And he uh, skates around the room, and <laughs> he skates so hard that he wins. He defeats them with the power of magical singing trains. <laughs> so... He saves Jupiter, and they go off, and then he has to explain to her that, oh, aliens are real, and uh, you're you're part of something, and I'm supposed to find you. And I like that this is where we finally decided to turn on the the over the subtitles because she wakes up briefly from being unconscious, and she goes, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm Kane Wise Meat Festival," <laughs> and she's like. And we're, we're like, I couldn't even tell that he said Kane Wise. Yeah. All I heard was, I'm Kane Wise, and I would hammer. <laughs> and it's like a close-up. How bad is this guy at talking? But yeah, he, he, it sounds like he's, to me, it sounded like he said, I'm Kane Wise, meat festival. <laughs> meat festival? <laughs> As if she's going to be like, ooh, I could go for ooh, some brisket. Meat festival, yeah. I mean, John, meat festival? Oh, definitely. Do, do they have those sausage where it's got cheese in it? Yeah, they do. Ooh, baby. Yeah. Also, they I have want. those raclette sausage uh, where they serve them in a hollowed out baguette, and then they put the sausage in there, and then they pipe hot raclette right down in there Ooh, with it. Fuck yes. Yeah, that's oh, the- Oh, God, oh. fuck me up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, folks, all I'm, saying, all I'm saying is meat festival. <laughs> all I'm saying is if you've got a local meat festival you want to invite System Mastery to, we'll definitely be one of your, I don't know, special celebrity judges. <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll judge your prize meat yeah bring your meat to us to be judged <laughs> it's what he's actually saying is do you want help or not <laughs> uh but it sounds like he says meat festival no i think he, he says i'm here to help you oh, okay yeah uh, but it does just sound like complete uttered garble nonsense <laughs> well anyway then she kind of passes out so yeah she wakes up and he has to explain about aliens and there's a royal family that is trying to get him, and he was hired to save her, and she's like, oh, I just want to go home. He's like, if you go home, they're going to get you. This is one of those Terminator situations where if you go home, a dude's going to kill you. Yeah. And she's like, "Wasn't I? where's my clothes? And he's like, oh, you were still in a paper hospital gown when I, when I rescued you, so I just put you in some clothes. So thankfully, I had some flannel and jeans or whatever sitting mm-hmm. around. I had a, a lesbian outfit sitting here, and I put you in that. I love that that starts a theme of, of her getting changed while she's sleeping in this movie. Yes. To, to the point to, where, she, where it actually gets lampshaded later. Yeah. I, I appreciate the lampshade. Yeah. There's parts of this movie that are pretty good. No, it's, it's not that the writing is particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Or even that the acting is particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Although, man, there are some choices here. There, Yeah, it's just choices. The choices are still acted well. It was just bad choices in the first place. Yeah, it's just that there are... I mean, especially coming up, 
we're about to have, basically right after this, a scene that epitomizes the problems with this movie. Yeah, and, and so basically, he's like, okay, I, I have called for a, a ship from this group that I'm friends with. Just, I'm, I called from the space police, yeah. and they're going to show up. They're, they're called the Aegis. So the Aegis has shown up, and they've got an invisible ship that's right overhead, and we're going to step into their gravity thing, and, and, and they're going to pull us up into their ship. Now, before any of that happens, we get a quick uh, flash over to Balom, mm-hmm. who's like, fucking, what the shit? How did you manage to not get this girl? Murder everyone. Just just kill everybody. I don't care. Yeah, he's a Balam, and he's starting to get really mad. So he's, he finally he does his first time where he's like, kill them, instead of his usual whispering nonsense. I need you to go there, and if you do not kill her, I will find you personally responsible. Go! <laughs> it's so weird. And he's got a... His, his little royal court is the goofiest nonsense. Oh, my God. First, he, he's attended by dragon men. He has <laughs> what I assume are aliens, because they say that there are other, like, aliens aside from just humans in the universe, but Earth was seeded with human, uh, like, DNA. But the... <sighs> we don't really know, because... Lichen tat is a thing that uh, Kane Wise, Channing is, Tatum's yeah. character is, which is... He's been genome-geneered. He's genome-geneered to be part <laughs> wolf, basically? Wolf, but also hel- wings. He's, oh, he, I he had has, wings. He, ha- he didn't, doesn't have wings anymore, but he was a, a part wolf, part wing dude, and I think he had three dicks. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely sparkly. Yeah, definitely. He had purple sparkly. and pink hair. And yeah, he had a tuft, a tuft above his forelock that was bright red, and uh, also he knew every martial art. Yeah. So, yeah, Eddie Redmayne's court has weird giant, like, lizard dragon men. I mean, they're just the dragon dudes from, like, like uh, Dragon Lance. Yeah, they are the dragon guys from Dragon Lance. Yeah. Uh, also a weird little rat man who atten- named Mr. Knight. His name is... <laughs> chicanery night yeah they never say that but the imdb profile lists this dude as chicanery night what the shit <laughs> and he's a weird he just kind of looks like Pettigrew from the harry potter movies but skinnier he's got a, a weird nose thing going I mean, on the, i think the thing that most identifies him as unusual is that he has a fucking periwig on like he's gonna debate alexander hamilton or something <laughs> Yeah, God, and it's just weird. It's just weird nonsense. But yeah, he he does the command to go murderer. So we cut back, and now Channing Tatum in his hover boots is like, "Come with me, young Jupiter, and yeah. we shall ascend." And he's like, "Are are you are you feeling okay with doing this?" And she's she has to lampshade the whole thing and kind of like you know point out what's happening so far. So she's like, "Am I comfortable?" With a man who is asking me to step out of a hollow window, thousands of feet in the air, where I will be caught by an invisible spaceship, and if not, I'll be rescued by your gravity boots. Yeah. Uh, uh, which, by the way, I don't know. They're on some empty storage room on like the top floor of the Will's Tower. 
I don't understand what's going on there. What? It doesn't really matter. I mean, the Wills. Okay, so the Wills Tower is the tallest building in Chicago, and it features prominently in this movie over and over and over again. Yes, and it's like you know what's on the top building floors of the Wills Tower is expensive shit. Oh yeah, it's that, not just like diehard up there. This isn't Nakatomi Plaza. Come yeah. on now. I mean, they've already filled it up with expensive offices and a, I think a sky deck and other. It's not like I've ever been in there, but. But, I mean, that's the, what tops of buildings are, is penthouses and super expensive lawyer offices, not storage rooms. Yeah. So, <sighs> but they anyway, step out yeah. into the beam of light. And I got to say, there is a point here where I was like, oh, that's interesting, because the fighters come out, and it's the little gray aliens, but now they're in Inviso fighters, mm -hmm. and they shoot down this ship. And there's a scene of, like, them falling, and he has to catch her using his hover skates. Yeah, the hover skates. Uh, now, this is the scene that drags on forever. Like, so, Yeah, he lands on one of the alien spaceships and takes it over eventually. But first, there's a good five-minute chase where he's just dodging all five of these fighter jets using his hover boots. Yeah, he's just hover booting and energy shielding around, and this takes... Forever, And you'd think that you'd maybe get a good look at the alien ships or something, but you never do. Because everything's always spinning and whipping, and the ships are constantly reshaping themselves. So you never really get a good look at anything. It's no. just endless lights and smoke and, and spinny camera and hover boots. Yeah, every single pilot in Jupiter Ascending decided that spinning was a good trick, yeah. and that's all they do. So the ships are like these things held together by four shields, but there's like... They're, so they're made of indistinct bits, or oh, yeah, disconnected bits. Like, the wings are basically segments of metal connected by what looks like some sort of energy matrix between them. So there's a little bit of, like, blue energy, and then the wings will, like, fold into a different shape and do some different nonsense. Every ship in the movie looks like this, and it's funny because they constantly are getting knocked apart. So it's like, this seems like a bad design. <laughs> I should have tried harder because these ships seem super fragile. Because if, if I knock part of this wing out of its little energy containment field... You're just fucked. Yeah, it doesn't go whipping back into place or anything. You just the, the ship just falls out of the sky. So he lands on one like Brock fucking Samson. And in the scene I actually kind of like, he just sort of shows his gun to the alien inside who ejects immediately. Because yeah. he's like, I don't get shot. Fuck this. I'm done. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. So I don't he, get paid enough for this. Yeah, so he ejects out of the ship. And then Tatum takes the ship over and the second five-minute sequence begins. Yeah, because we had to have a huge long sequence of him trying to dodge these ships. Now we've got a even longer sequence of him in a ship trying to destroy the other ships. And it just goes there, it goes on so long that there was points where John and I were just like, uh, so how you doing? Oh, yeah. there's. I'm just like getting my phone out going, I get it. This is very visually interesting for a bit. But now it's become just like, like I don't really care. Like my eyes are just sort of glazing over as more explosions and spinny metal bits go flying across the screen. It's just, like, yeah, it was just too right. much. And eventually it all culminates after a good 12 minutes of this stuff with a head-on collision between Tatum and the last one of the alien fighters, which knocks his ship apart, sending uh, Jupiter flying backwards in the other half of the ship. And then they have to enact a daring rescue with those gravity boots because those things are just everything. Yeah, God, the gravity boots are just the thing for Channing Tatum's character in this. Mm -hmm. And, man, he gets captured and thrown in jail like a couple times, and they never take those boots off of him. He and uses I keep... them straight up to escape immediately. Yeah, I'm like, why? How did you... How do you see this guy and not go, 
Oh, by the way, let me take your super boots. Yeah, doing a base character immediately marked the boots. The moment she looks at him, she goes, oh, those boots mark him as super whatever. They, they, those clearly indicate he'll never be in a Gambit movie. And then she's the only one who seems to care. Everyone else is like, ah, I see you have magic fly boots that'll get you out of any kind of trouble. You can keep them. Uh, I'm not even going to notice that you have them. Also, this drives me nuts because he's supposed to have them because he was in the Legion, which is supposed to be some sort of giant space army. You know how many Legion people there are in this movie? None. Two. There are two total. They're both ex-Legion. Yeah. I was going to say there are no Legion people in here because the only people that were Legion is the two, him and Sean Bean, yeah. which we are about to go see. But, okay, so that means, that, who who has a, what's the Legion even for? We meet the Aegis, they're like space cops, but never the Legion, which is like the space army. Uh, apparently they all have hover boots, and also most of them can fly? Well, yeah, because when we meet, well, basically the next scene is them going to Sean Bean's house. Yeah, they have to, they have to get out of Chicago, and we learn that the aliens have the ability to fix everything they broke already, and also use mind er erasing. Yeah, they MIB everything. Yeah, they just they just what is it? Neuralize? They just neuralize Chicago. They, they the end of Fantastic Beasts. Everyone, mm, where right, they fix yeah. all the buildings and then make everyone forget. Yeah, I love that fucking ending. <laughs> oh, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, only involved in movies like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, yeah, they steal some random car, and they're they're blasting across the desert to the middle of somewhere. I, or it's, I guess it's cornfields. It's not the desert. It's, it's just, just cornfields or something. It's fucking Illinois. So they're driving across rural Illinois to Sean Bean's house, and Channing Tatum is cut, and Mila Kuna, or Judah Peter Jones is like, thank God we stole this car from a woman pulling a pad out of a, 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 a like glove box and slapping it on his cut. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like it mattered. No. Because he's like, I don't care about this cut. This cut's irrelevant. And she's like, she's like, no, we need to put a maxi pad on that cut. And then, you know, when they finally get into Sean Bean's place, he just sort of sprays it and it heals immediately. So and Sean it did not matter. So where Channing Tatum is a wolf in the sense that he has little pointy ears. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bean is a bee in the sense that. He lives with some bees. Yeah. And also because his name is Stinger. <sighs> yeah. I don't. It's so weird to me because I'm like, all right, I understand mm -hmm. at least where you'd be like, ooh, we're going <laughs> to genome engineer a dude to be part wolf because we'll give him like better hearing or mm -hmm. senses or whatever. And also, you know, Sean Bean says that those that are engineered like he is have a very distinct sense of, like, pack unity, and they need to be part of a unit. So it's a way that you can have something that's like, what did you do? Oh, we made this so that they would be a cohesive military unit. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I understand that. The B thing, though, I'm like, why did... You don't... It's not like you've got wings or a, an actual literal stinger, even though your name is Stinger. You don't have... There's... Why would you be genome-geneered, which, God, the genome-geneered word, every time they mention it, just makes me so angry. I know. But, like, also, did the two of them pay for their genome-geneering, or were they forced into it? Was it not a choice? They, it's a thing that doesn't really feel like I assume they were made. Like they were built from the ground up, and they, they, yes. they, they didn't exist before they just popped into existence. As no, it wasn't like we took a baby and spliced them. Mm. It was like, oh, this is what we created in a lab. Yeah, they Late took one night. They took laboratory mice, and then their genes they did splice. 
They're stinger. They were working on something they thought would be great for the world. A they're, two-headed cat. They're stinger. They're stinger. And the cane, cane, cane. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Sean Bean is a bee man, but there's no outward sign of it. Just his property is covered in bees. Bees and beehives all over Covered in bees. Covered in bees. And that's how we learn that <laughs> Jupiter Jones is royalty because she can control bees. Because bees recognize royalty. Game recognize game. So basically they knock on the door and Sean Bean comes out and starts punching. Uh, Sean B- Stinger comes out and starts punching Kane because he's mad about something. I-, I love that every member of the Legion had a name like that too. Yeah. Stinger. Kane. Nightwolf. I'm Mr. Wise. <laughs> dick punch. <laughs> so I'm the, g- genome engineered with a dick. Yeah, the... Uh, oh, wow. No one else has one. <laughs> so, yeah, as soon as uh, fucking Jupiter begins controlling the bees, yeah, like, Sean she weighs Bean's her like, arms. oh, my God, your majesty. So this is where we get our big exposition dump. Uh, Kane is all grumpy because he doesn't like royalty. Uh, and he's like, oh, well, if you'll excuse me, I need to go look through all your weapons because the ambush is going to be coming any minute now. Well, yeah, because I didn't realize that I was trying to steal royalty. Mm-hmm. Oops-a-daisies. Yeah, no wonder these... everyone is after you. Yeah. So he gets grumpy and he leaves. And this is where they paid Sean Bean exactly enough money to be the <laughs> exposition fountain for the film. But they're like, Sean Bean, we need you to deliver some exposition. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you don't understand. We need you to deliver the dumbest exposition that you've ever seen. Also, you're a bee man, so if you could work that into your I acting. Need you, I need you to know part of the exposition is, I'm a bee man. Mm. <laughs> I need you to explain that he's a wolf man, and you're a bee man. I started my life as a bee boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my moves. <laughs> so, here's the, here's the deal. It turns out that Jupiter Jones, by coincidence is an exact genetic match for the queen of the Abrasax family. Uh, get used to Abrasax is the name of the family. You're going to think it's Abraxas, Abraxas because Abraxas is a thing, and Abrasa- Abrasax is not. It sounds like a magic jazz word. <laughs> yeah, Abrasax is definitely <laughs> what a magician jazz man does before he summons a saxophone. Abrasax Dabra, he says. <laughs> Abrasax! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> So, this is a problem. You can't just take a real thing, like a real fictional thing, rotate two of the letters around and call it a day. This is like being introduced to Ozzy Mandias, the King of Kings. Oh, I got that right, though. Madnius. Ozzy Madnius. Damnius. There you go. So, this is uh, the the Abrasax family. Uh, it's pronounced Abrasax. Yeah, the uh, Abrasax family is ridiculously wealthy and she is apparently part of that family yes and because she's genetically identical to the queen even though the queen was recently uh killed uh relatively recently as far as we know well uh, yeah because these are people that have lived for fourteen thousand years yeah uh even though the queen was killed uh she still counts as the queen legally because she is the genetic uh complete genetic copy of her like apparently all the all the sequences came together this mm-hmm. is the exact same way yeah so it, she's just there's just two identical snowflakes two identical sisters 
They're cousins, identical queens, as you'll find. Identical aliens. That's a great reference from the 60s. Yeah, everyone loves that. Yeah, people love it's the Haley pa- Mills the fucking- and Haley Mills. Well, no, I was thinking of the Patty Duke show, but sure, I, I guess they're pretty much the same thing. Because <laughs> that's the song. They're cousins, identical cousins, as you'll find. They walk alike, they talk alike, fuck alike, they time, even fuck alike. fuck alike. Yeah. No, that's Haley Mills. No, it's, it's... It's not the Haley Mills show, it's Haley Mills and Haley Mills as. Uh, the par- that's the parent trap. No, that's a movie. <laughs> Cause what, what the okay? I could have sworn we were talking about the Patty Duke show right now. Anyway, I've watched my share of Nick at Night. <laughs> Don't you try and question my credentials of Nick at Nighthood? Yeah, man, I, I will take you to the mat on Dobie Gillis-related trivia questions. Will you? For example, what, who is Dobie Gillis? Why he's uh, a oh no, that's his friend. I was about to say he was Gilligan, but no, that's Dobie Gillis's friend, isn't that's it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Dobie Gillis himself, of course, is a talking horse. <laughs> I've watched plenty of Nick at Night. Thank you, sir. He's a talking horse that moved to the country mm-hmm, to his, start a farm with his three sons. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I must be away. <laughs> I hope to see you soon for tea. <laughs> uh, Where were we? Uh, so, yeah, Sean Bean uh, gives a lot of explanations for what's going on, who's doing what, and... It's all just... Yeah, we really got to push. So then, sure enough, a bunch of gray aliens and mercenaries start coming through the corn, along with that one mercenary who's just... Even though everyone else is sneaking... Oh, everyone else, like, turns invisible and is, like, creeping through the corn using it as cover. And then the one lady who's just like, I'm on a hover bike, fuck you. (laughs) She just floats three feet above the corn. She's like, ooh, everyone's trying to be sneaky. I better be here above the corn in a loud hover machine. I'll draw their attention, fellows. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, she then turns invisible, but she was hovering above the corn for a good while. Like, if anyone looked out the window, they would see you. This is dumb as shit. Also, you definitely got smelled and noticed by that sexy hawk wolf that's in there. There's no (laughs) way you didn't. Uh, I mean that. Guy, plus, the other guy has all the powers of a bee. You all the powers of a bee. The, you should see him dance. Yeah. Also, yeah, he can dance in a way that tells you where the nearest gas station is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Sean Bean do that now so bad. Oh, Sean Bean, dance for me, Sean Bean. <laughs> oh wow! I can. Oh, only one point two miles away. Oh, there's a Denny's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Sean, I can smell your pheromones quite well, and thank you, too. <laughs> I mean, oh, granted, bees can see in a lot of spectrums that humans can't, so maybe he is immune to their, their camouflage model. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I he's got the, like, ultraviolet vision. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? <laughs> he's a bee man. So, sure enough, the, the fight starts. Like, they blow their way into the building, and then Sean, Sean Bean Stinger uh, takes... Jupiter and the two of them escape out back and start shooting gray aliens uh, while while Kane gets in a big fight with a bunch of lasers and bad guys. Yeah, it's a very long fight scene where fucking eventually Big Hair and Off-Center Mohawk Mm -hmm. get uh, Jupiter, take her into their ship, and... Fucking Kane manages to grab onto the landing gear or whatever, 
and climb up into their ship as well. And then they away. And they leave a crop circle behind in the corn. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> because these aliens have been responsible for all the alien myths and stories. And human. For example, anyone who doesn't get neuralized after a major alien encounter uh, thinks they saw aliens, but it, no one believes them. Yeah. And also their ships leave crop circles. There's, okay, so she's going to meet the sister now. That's where the bounty hunter people who took her are taking her. Yeah, they're taking her to see Kendra, the sister. And that is where we get the exposition for her being a genetic uh, match for their mother. Mm -hmm. And that they have sort of a religious idea of, like, genetics. And that this is as close to reincarnation as they believe in. And it's legally indistinct from reincarnation. Is in she has all rights and titles appointed to the to the well, mom. The, the whole thing is the mom left herself stuff in the will. Yeah. It was like if I happen if there happens to be a like a genetic copy of me somewhere, then uh, all like these things will be passed on to that. Yeah, one of those things is definitely Earth. Well, yeah. So, what a lucky coincidence that uh, she owned all these planets, and one of the ones she left to herself had her genetic clone on it. Right? It's, it's uh, great. It's, it's a, a great coincidence. Good coincidence. Good story. But uh, as one of the other things is, uh, the sister also mentions like uh, that they uh, they use like people to they don't. She doesn't tell them about the people. people, but she she uses something to like become young again. She's lived for. 14,000 years, like, oh my god, are you a vampire? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, we've inspired many myths. I'm like, really? No, you didn't. You didn't inspire vampires. Yeah, it's not like you were on Earth to do that. What are you talking about? Even if you were, you don't bite people or suck blood or do anything like that. Remember how in the Matrix movies they tried to hint at, like, werewolves and vampires, too? Yeah, they were like, oh, ghosts are uh, weird programs from the Matrix. I'm like, stop it. Stop saying that all mythology is your dumb bullshit. I like that they, this super rich 14,000-year-old lady is like, ah, just take me down to ancient Romania on Earth, and I'll just fuck with them a bit. And I'm just going to do some dumb bullshit, and I'll leave. Hey, guys, vampires exist. All right, I'm going to check back in a thousand yeah, right. years and watch the movies about it. <laughs> Twilight? How the fuck did that happen? Oh, no, I goofed. <laughs> All right, harvest the planet. Yep, screw this one. <laughs> we goofed. Sorry. My bad. Oh, it's getting even worse. It's gone all the way to Fifty Shades. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. They have this whole thing, and... Well, the sister's nice, basically. The sister is at least nice, and is mostly doing this because if uh, she gets recognized as being the actual reincarnated version of her mother, then she gets all of these titles and holdings and whatnot that her mother had set aside in case, Mm -hmm. which means it will go away from Eddie Redmayne's character, so she's mostly just doing it to fuck with Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, because he's just kind of the dick older brother. But uh, she, you know, as she's explaining all this, she's like, okay, so genetic reincarnation is a thing that we believe in. So you count as my mom. Uh, Also, we live a really long time. How old do you think I am? And, you know, to her credit, she's like late 40s and not, I don't know, like 30 and you're covered in pancake makeup for some reason. Probably about 27 and you're covered in just three pounds of old people makeup. Yeah, it looks like you went to a party city and just said, make me look 10 years older. (laughs) And then even then they couldn't do it. Like they'd hired a bunch of extra people for Halloween who were still shitty at the job. It's basically like you're wearing the stage makeup for an old person, but mm-hmm. we can see you up close. And stage makeup up close looks terrible. Yeah, you kind of look like an up close stage version of Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, it's just bad. Mm-hmm. You're doing bad. 
you, you look you look stupid. That's basically what I'm at. And then she's like, well, come with me. And it turns out that tonight's the night of her super bath. And she gets into a bath and then comes out and is a sexy lady with a butt. Mm-hmm. Also, lightning strikes to happen throughout the room while she's submerged in the bath. Yeah, lightning crashes. Mm-hmm. And the new mother cries. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no more live references. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Unless you want to do some I alone ones. No, I'm going to do, I don't know, Shit Town. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to do the deep cut off mm-hmm. of Throwing Copper. Throw, well, at least it's still on Throwing Copper. Throwing yeah. Copper, the only good I album. I was going to say, you don't have any references to Birds of Prey, do you? No, I do not. <laughs> With an A instead of an yeah, E. Yeah, no. Thank you. I'll pass. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's also a couple good songs on Lakini's Juices, <laughs> which is another live album. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Any God, noodles. we got to move this along. I know we the, really do. The problem with this is I'm going to, I'm not going to give you a blow by blow for a lot of the stuff here. Oh, I was really looking forward to that blow by blow. Ooh, yeah. Give me that blow by blow. Or at least a hand by hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie begins to just drag interminably here because everything is internecine politic nonsense. Mm-hmm. But also, she just seems to have gone from back when she was in fucking Nakatomi Plaza and was like, oh, spaceships and gravity boots? How weird. And now she's just like, I'm on board for anything. Anything you show me, I'm fine with. Although she also wants it all to be over with already. Oh, yeah. They go to like a planet where it's basically uh, bureaucracy the planet. Uh Uh-huh. And also, at this point, the Aegis have shown up, and so she's flying around on the space cop spaceship. Yeah, so Um, they're trying to get her registered. Oh, and Stinger's here again, too. So now Stinger's rejoined the the, the movie. Yeah. The... (sighs) And also, did you know that, John, that Stinger has a sick daughter? I did. Only because she coughed once, and Mm -hmm. then it was mentioned one more time and Mm -hmm. never resolved and didn't matter. Yeah, it's it it matters because it's his motivation. But anyway, uh, yeah. So the Aegis takes takes her to bureaucrat planet to get her queendom, and everyone on the planet, her included, could not be more bored about this. Oh yeah, no one cares that oh the like one in an astronomical number chance that someone would spontaneously have the exact same genetic makeup as another person mm-hmm. when there is no real relation between them. And there's 0% chance it would happen because we're part, you know, Neanderthal and part Denisovan. And Oh, no, we're not. We were seated here on Earth. <laughs> you see, after we caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. I'm sorry, the Sargons? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, the the intelligent, sapient lizard people that lived here so that we could seed the planet with human dna i wanted to be like fuck you sean bean dinosaurs weren't in any way lizards uh <laughs> but there were theropods you shit uh but but still yeah it turns out that we killed the dinosaurs i guess several times because that's the, people always do we that killed the dinosaurs every, every movie they're always like we caused the extinction event i'm like which one there's been like 13 well not an extinction event the one that killed specifically dinosaurs yeah, the kt the kt line event sure yeah the one that didn't really, uh, whatever. It's it's just a fucking stupid line from a movie. Fine. Uh, so, so okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They go to bureaucracy planet, which is basically just space DMV jokes. And 
no one gives a shit that she is somehow the magical reincarnation, which you'd think, given that this is supposed to be some super religious thing. And also that she's, like, mega wealthy. Like, it's not just a random person was reincarnated and, please let me have my... my... I am the richest person in the universe. I need my titles. And everyone could not give less of a fuck. Yeah. And so it's just the standard DMV joke. Uh, For that, you're going to need titles and processing. Oh, you need to go to the processing center for that. This is... Processing review, not processing reduction. For that, you're going to need a 37 Class B petition form. That joke, you know, know, but it goes on for a good 10 minutes. Yeah, it's just, again, there's scenes in this that you're like, I get it, I get it, even... Even in spaces, no bureaucrats don't care about anything. But then it just keeps going like, no, you did it. You got it. Yeah. You got the joke. And Everyone's aware. This weird face robot that she's hanging out with, who's like her ambassador on the planet, uh, bribes a guy. And so that works. And then she gets a magic tattoo that says she's the, mas- the, the mom of the Abrasics family. Great. All right. Is everyone on board? Then okay. They, now, now that she's the queen and she gets a book of rules and regulations and like like an etiquette and shit. Uh, she gets back onto the Aegis ship, and she's just reading and waiting to go home, and, and then Stinger betrays them and sells her to the the young Titus, bro- Titus the youngest brother. Uh, Titus, who learns that, that, that she's on her way to the ship, is hovering in a cloud of naked ladies, which, whatever, moving forward, so he's a hedonist. Yeah. So what we know about him is he squandered his fortune probably because of, clouds of naked ladies. Clouds of naked ladies. That's not cheap, man. No. He so, doesn't want to bone him either. He just wants the, all, all of them to touch his face all the time. Yeah, it's just into one of those, I want ladies all around me just sort of like gently caressing my shoulder and, and cheek. And giggling the whole time. Yeah. That's that's per, that's the kind of sex you, you need when you're 14,000 years old and all yeah. shitty. At that point, you're like, I've had so much regular sex, I do not care mm-hmm. anymore. Bring me three sheeps that don't like each other. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she gets on board, and now Titus is gonna reveal the secret that it's people. Yeah, the goop, the bath is people. Yeah, because they all, they're rich because they sell a fluid made by seeding plants with humans, and then harvesting the humans to make jars of goo that make you young again. Yeah, and... Earth is one of those farms. Yeah. So, he tells her that, oh, uh, you know, I am horrified by this, and I want to stop this practice and so did my mom back when she was alive but she got killed and i think it's because she wanted to stop it and if if we get married then we can use your ability and your holdings to stop the people on earth from dying and there's no point where she's like wait aren't i your mom like aren't i legally indistinct from your mom can you marry your mom and also she's like why would i have to marry you why couldn't i just say i already own these no more harvesting yeah she just doesn't do those things <laughs> there's a lot of points where she could just be like but no and Al- she does not also titus uh because he's captured everybody he vents uh kane into space who rescues himself by getting a spaceship or something i, I it it's it's one of those auto i can like put a spaceship or spacesuit on you yeah but <sighs> Oh, he, Titus convinces her to marry him because he's like, oh, I think someone's going to murder me like they murdered my mom. And that way my holdings will go to you so that they don't go to my family who will then harvest the people on my planets. Mm-hmm. But really, he wants to marry her so that he can kill her and get her holdings. Ooh, politics. Mm-hmm. And then there's a wedding scene where 
They're well, going to get married, and then yeah, they're going to the chapel. The Dread Pirate Robert shows up, yeah, and Kane, they Kane get a gate key. And it turns out that the Dread Pirate Kane shows up and hover boots the situation. They fight him and Sean Bean fight Warhammer, like 40,000 Warhammers, and there's the Warhammers is some metal thing. There's some ship. There's some spaceships that even though there's a million of them, you never get a, a look at them. And they they blow some up, and then they get to the thing, and and then the, he rescues Jupiter again from this nonsense. This whole movie is just fucking Channing Tatum showing up to rescue Mila Kunis with over things. and over and over again with the power of sexy rollerblading. Yeah, space, sky blading. He just kick cloud kickers every situation. And then they they go up, and then it turns out that. Balaam has kidnapped her family, and he's going to use that to fucking... He's used his dragon men to kidnap her family, which he's going to force her to abdicate, uh, and then he promises that he will return her and her family back to Earth, uh, which would cost him nothing, but I think he's probably supposed to just going to kill them anyway. Even then, I'm like, even if you keep your promise, you're still planning on harvesting the planet. Like, well, the fact that she goes... Oh yeah, no, I'll I'll abdicate so that you don't harm my family. I'm like, who gives a shit? He's gonna murder everyone anyway. Yeah. Well, she does ask him. She's like, but he doesn't give her a straight answer, and she takes his non-straight answer face value, which I fucking hate. Where where she where he where she's like, well, okay, let's say I sign this. When are you gonna harvest Earth anyway? Oh, and you'll be long dead. He, he says you'll never see it, and she's like, oh, well, that just means you're gonna fucking kill me now, doesn't it? No, like, it means I'm gonna harvest it in like. A thousand years, because who gives a shit? I'll still be alive. But Maybe. I'm gonna murder billions of people on this planet. It doesn't matter if you're alive or not. No, but I mean, there's no reason for her to tell for him to tell her the truth. I guarantee that he was saying that instead of just saying I scheduled it for 150 years from now. He he's like, you'll never see it. Ha ha ha! It's not a straight answer. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, at least like even then she's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Anything to save my family. At least at the last second, she goes, oh, wait a minute. You're going to kill like 8 billion people by the time you harvest this planet. Maybe maybe the eight of me and my family don't actually matter and I won't do this. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, in the meantime, it, they're having their little negotiation and he's like insulting her and stuff. My mother never cleaned a toilet. You know, like, uh, what, are you trying to be smug? I, I own Earth now. You don't. Um <laughs> But yeah, meanwhile, uh, they... Oh, by the way, this whole thing is happening uh, in the red spot on Jupiter. Yeah, because uh, he's got a secret a base secret there. A secret thing that opens up a pathway to a processing plant there. Uh-huh. Uh, so, while well, he's... He has a way to get in there, but no one else does, which means on the Aegis ship, uh, which, by the way, Stinger has changed sides again, and now he's a good guy. Uh and the two of the, they, they have to fight their way into. Well, he did, he did that a while ago, didn't he? Whatever, because it's just endless. Oh no, an Abrasics family. I'm oh, sorry, I don't do his voice. Oh no, an Abrasics family member has kidnapped her. Uh, Channing Tatum has to rush in and save her. And then someone, a different family member, takes her. And Channing Tatum rushes in and saves her. And then, then the third one takes her. And this one is you just. Know it? This one is just right. Channing Tatum gets into a ship. And saves her. Yeah, he flies his ship right into this base, which breaks the base. And it starts yeah, he hits the, whatever the thing that was causing the bubble of safeness around this processing plant to crack so that the ridiculous storm 
that's going on begins to actually be able to affect this planet. I like that it's even the storm at all, and not the insane pressure of Jupiter. Nah. <laughs> nah. They'd all be crushed to teacups. Nah. But, but no, it's the storm and also some scary fire that is the real problem here. Yeah. Uh, it, so then a big crazy nonsense battle happens with dragon men and yeah and uh, Channing Tatum has to fight a dragon man or maybe he was just a dragon but really anyway he was, Trogdor. He was still Trogdor now his name was Grigak yeah and they Grigin it was Grigin Grigin I'm holding you responsible. Well, Gregan died, and then it went to, like, Chargan. No, no Gregan's the second guy. Char really? Yeah, Gregan is the one who looks a little more snaky than the first one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All these dragons. Also, there's men an elephant alike. man on the Aegis ship named Mr. Nesh. Yeah, an elephant man named Mr. Nesh. Thank you, movie. Mm -hmm. I assume he's genomgeneered with an elephant for fun. That or he's just an alien. You never know. Because everyone else who has been genomgeneered does not have that like yeah. the most they have is slightly pointy ears yeah it could just be i mean there's also one that's gugu mabatha raw is in this movie you, you, re you remember her as the star of the cloverfield paradox yeah and she is playing a satyr like yeah, literally she's got like big ears and horns horns that look like they might just be a haircut it's hard to tell yeah who and knows? she's like she's like uh eddie redmayne's number two or number no she's titus's number two yeah uh so anyway um a big fight breaks out between dragon people and, and Balaam and Jupiter, and J Jupiter manages to get a pipe away from Balaam pretty easily and then just starts wailing on him, and he's crying about it. Because it's like, this dude spent 14,000 years being an opulent businessman piece of shit. He doesn't know how to fight. And suddenly everything gets fucked up, and we find out that he killed his mom. And Yeah, and he's like going through this whole... Like, end of Psycho bullshit, where he's like, Yes, mother, do you remember this? Do you remember when I said this to you? Remember when I killed your brother? I look just like this! And do you remember what you said? You said you hated your life. You wanted me to kill you. You begged me to do it. Yeah. And anyway, she turns her back on him, which seemed like it was going to be an anti-climax thing where the, the movie would keep going. But instead, he falls into pit and disappears from the movie. Uh, Channing Tatum scoops her up with his hover boots, and they hover boot through a fire to safety. Yay. The end of this movie. Because, man, we have just motored through the middle of this because it's just a bunch of nonsense. We're at the hour mark right now, so it's, it's about time to start wrap-ups anyway. The end of this movie has... Jupiter back on Earth, mm -hmm. doing her life the same way that she had before. Except she's happy about she's it. She's happy about cleaning toilets mm -hmm. now. And waking up at 4.45 in the morning. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the message they're trying to say here is, where they're like, you should be happy if you clean a toilet. That's good, honest work. I, I guess. I mean, it's very anti-capitalism, because the whole thing is... We turn out people and turn them into profit. Like, that's literally a line in there is, mm -hmm. we turn humans into capital. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. I, I understand. It's a very anti-capitalism movie. I understand that. But also, you should be happy washing a rich person's toilet is not the takeaway that you should have at the end of this movie. Well, this movie races to the end, because there's a whole thing where she's like, I'm horrified that you're going to harvest the earth. I can't believe that this goop is made out of people. That's unconscionable and insane. Incidentally, I only care about saving the earth and not these many other plants that you own that you are going to turn into this goop. Oh, yeah. When we get to the end, she's like, oh, well, earth is safe, and doesn't mention the fact that she probably owns a ton of other planets, 
also all the planets that these fucking siblings owned, and also just- the ones that other people own, because this is just the most wealthy of the people who do this harvesting process. Yeah, there's plenty of other wealthy people in the galaxy also doing this. But instead, she was just like, nope, uh, I'm gonna do this, and now that I've secured Earth for us, we won't be harvested, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because there's a part where she like looks at her wrist while she's cleaning the toilet, and sure enough, she's still the mom of Brass- Brassics person, and she has all this infinite wealth and power at her disposal. But she isn't using it. She's cleaning toilets. But her family does feel bad for her whole selling eggs thing. And so uh, they buy her that telescope after all. And she gets a wolf boyfriend. Oh, boy. They meet one last time for the end of the movie. Once again, sitting way up on top of the Willis Tower. And they're on a date. And it, it turns out that, man, there's a running thing in this where... Mila Kunis, Jupiter, really likes it when Kane says, uh, Your oh, Majesty. Right. Every time, it, she she hates it when everyone calls her Your Majesty, because she's like, I'm not whoever that is. But whenever he does, she's like, ooh, I like the sound of that. Ooh, I'm into, like, just really topping this dude. Yeah, this one dude, I like doming him, I, I like him calling me Your Majesty. Also, I like him calling himself my willing foot slave. <laughs> also, I like the fact that he has... Big bird wings now? Yeah, he's got big bronze bird wings. Which looks silly. Is dumb and lets him fly. So now she has the hover skates. Yeah, and she hover boots out of the movie and he flies out of the movie on her on his hilarious bird on wings. On the wings of his dreams. The wings of a wolf man. Rise and fall <laughs> on the wings of his dreams. He is the wind beneath his own wings. That's Hess Jupiter sending I... Again, I don't understand what they're trying to say at the end of this. It's like the entire movie was this whole metaphor for, like, consumption and capitalism treating people as cattle. And Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, cool. And then the end for her to just not give a fuck about anything. Yeah, the ending is like, well, at least I'm safe, cattle. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm going to go right back to my very shitty existence and do nothing to better humanity or any of the, like, trillions of other humans that I could have saved. My guess is that the, she found the Abrasics family so annoying that even though she theoretically has access to infinite wealth, it, she, it would involve her having to talk to any of them ever again. And she just doesn't. Because both T- Titus and uh, Kendra or whatever are still alive and fine. Well, Titus is going to probably like white collar jail prison in space yeah because the ages shows up because he kidnapped her and did some nonsense but i i assume that that doesn't i, I assume that's just going to be a financial levy there's a point where she's like ah you've kidnapped me against my will against the articles of confederation and she's like oh you've done your reading oh so we know that he has done something illegal but she's like i can impose a tax upon you for this so i assume that they're so rich that they can't be jailed they yeah. just they just pay money i mean i assume so but again she doesn't need to deal with them. She could just deal with whatever dumb bureaucracy or have someone deal with it for her because mm-hmm. she is mega wealthy. Yeah, you'd think that at the end of this movie she'd be like, all right, uh, well, you guys don't have any money because you're from space. So instead, I want your weird aliens who can pretend to be hologram humans uh, to explain to the local banks why I just deposited 15,000 pounds of gold. <laughs> uh, so make that make that all happen and uh, then go away from the planet forever. That way I don't have to clean toilets and I never have to see any of you ever again. But instead, she's like, no, I like cleaning toilets, as long as I can have my wolf hawk boyfriend with three dicks. <laughs> yeah, the, the end of this movie feels weird to me. 
Yeah, well, like we said, she leaves the fates of countless other planets that she both owns and could potentially gain control over with the sister and the brother. Just, oh, please, you know what? It's fine for you to turn uh, billions of people into goop so you can stay young. Uh, just not my planet, though. Thank you. Also, <laughs> the other thing is, like, she's going to die real quick as far as they're concerned because mm -hmm. she's not going to take a bath in liquid human. No. Which means all they got to do is just sit there Wait for her to die of old age and then go, all right, great. Let's harvest this shit. Uh-huh. This movie's going to be over in what? She's probably 30 in this movie, so maybe in 50 years, they, they, which is a blip in, in time to the two of them. Yeah, it's like, look, I've lived for 14,000 years. Waiting an extra, like, 50 to 60 years does not matter to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a depressing ending when you really think it out. Yeah. Because, I mean, also the, the implication is that both uh, Sean Bean and Channing Tatum have m both taken baths in the human goo. Maybe. And, and that the, the cure for um, for Sean Bean's sick daughter is a bath in the human goo. Yep. So she seems to, the, the, whole, the whole moral quandary over the human goo is weird. Well, yeah, because that's apparently the only thing that has any sort of value mm -hmm. in this universe. Because they're like, oh, we've got an entire giant universe full of natural resources the only thing that matters to us is being able to survive yeah time is the only resource that matters and time is made out of out of gooped humans which again why why is it made out of good humans why can't you make it out of good raccoons well because genetically it needs to match my we tried to do it with clones and it caused a weird genetic thing I just wanted her to ask that, like, how do you? Why do you have to use humans? Why don't you use raccoons? And just to have Kendra or whatever be like, have you ever tried to take a bath in raccoon goo? It's gross. It's gross. Ew. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> uh, I mean, what if what if Channing Tatum gets super wealthy in this universe? Does he have to see the planet with wolf hawk three penis dudes? <laughs> just so she can, he can make some wolf hawk three penis dude goo. <laughs> yep. Because he's already making plenty, I assume you would. With, with, sure you would. Oh, with, with the, oh, don't worry about that. He is making plenty of Wolfhawk three penis goo. Yeah, unfortunately, he still only has two of the balls, but <laughs> two of them. Two but of they're them. both the size of bowling balls. <laughs> That's why he's so good at hover skating. Yeah, because uh, you know he doesn't ever uh, want to sit on the ground. He'll Belvedere right away. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the end of this review. I never want to stop talking, John. Uh, it's Jeff, fine. Yeah. Jeff, give me the best thing in this movie. Ooh, uh, I mean, the thing is, almost everything in this movie is unconscionably stupid. Uh, I mean, it is. But like... <laughs> Eddie Redmayne's performance. Eddie Redmayne's whisper voice? Yeah, his whisper voice and his kind of... Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Yes. Tell you something you might like to hear. Mm, Wait, do you see my dick? He's hey, going, bitch. He's going to track down the Strode, girl. <laughs> I always thought of it as a crucible. <laughs> oh, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I I do like his performance. I like Eddie Redmayne in general. So I was happy to see him here, and he does a great job in the movie. Okay. Uh, what about you? What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing in this mm -hmm. almost almost assuredly has got to be the point where Mila Kunis is just on board with everything now. <laughs> yeah. Like, goofier and goofier shit starts happening where she's like oh and look a giant dragon man has decided to uh take me to a room full of de-aging goo and i'm like cool yeah whatever <laughs> let's get through this 
I just read a book on how this all works, so I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Everything's great. Yeah. I like, she just kind of starts being on board. I think that was also one of our favorite things about the most recent Predator movie. Yeah. That, that everyone was just on board all the time. As soon as everyone was like, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No questions. Push forward. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so so that that is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is your least favorite thing in this movie? Jeez, uh, there's so much. Um, okay. I'm, I, can I just say the gravity boots? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead the and take boots, them anti-grav They're maybe cool blades. for three minutes at the beginning of the movie, and then they take up another 40 minutes of the movie. Well, when the, we first see them, he mostly uses them to, like, do these quick hops between the, mm-hmm. like, fire escapes on buildings. You're like, oh, it's like little jet boots. That's kind of cool. But then as soon as he starts just, like, arm pumping and blading his way around. Like, like through the oh. sky. He's oh, just, God, it, no. He just looks like Shadow the Hedgehog, and it's not okay. Ugh. So the the gravity boots just way overused uh, and completely irritating, and it drives me nuts that not even Stinger, the other ex legionnaire in the movie, has these things. Yeah, just uh, I, it's just like he stopped by the protagonist store and bought the fucking master sword and a set of bombs. <laughs> it's dangerous to go along. Take these gra- gravity boots; they'll do anything. Yeah, they, they're better than a sword. Uh, so there you have it. What's your least favorite thing? Least favorite bit in this, I, God, I don't even know which one to do. I think I'm going to say the uh, the chase scene uh, when they're over Chicago. Yeah, off Nakatomi Plaza where they're skating around and then have to fight with the other alien ships because it takes so long and i just stopped caring yeah you just lose interest i was way more interested in transferring my daughter to who had just fallen asleep to another room than finishing watching that that scene yeah i was just like i don't i don't care i i i get it there's a fight going on but nothing in this is has the enough stakes Mm -hmm. where i care or is visually distinct enough to make me go like, "Ooh, I'm following this and I care what's going on." It's just no, it's it's pictures of like metal Spider-Man. Sp- it's pictures of metal spinning mm-hmm. and explosions yeah. and I don't care anymore. It just wasn't interesting. So that that's fair. All right. So now we're going to give a rating for Jupiter ascending, each of us giving a 0 to 5, it gives it a rating out of 10. Jeff, I'm going to give this a 2.5. I might have gone as high as a 3 because it is very appealingly daffy. But it's also way too long. Yeah, it is. So that that's going to knock a half point off for me. Like, like a, a three would have been like, this is the kind of movie that I don't mind watching. Like I mentioned earlier on a drunken Tuesday, you know, when you're stuck, you're hungover and you're sitting around the house and you need something to watch. You put on, you know, there's everyone's got good hangover movies, Shawshank Redemption, shit like that. This movie is way the fuck too long. Like you're going to get bored and go do something else. Yeah. So that's a two and a half for me, John. Uh, I'm going to also give it a two and a half. I agree. If there had been some better editing, if the flow had worked better, or if just certain bits were either excised or we had gotten slightly more explanation for certain things and left others out, it's just we have this huge jumble of ideas, Mm -hmm. and it takes so long and so little actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many abrasaxes. (laughs) <laughs> like, you could have cut one of the other two Abrasaxes in their scene, and it would have been fine. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. A 5 out of 10 for yep. Jupiter Ascending. Very middle of the road. It is... I Too mean, good to be bad. Yeah, the problem is, it's 
by the Wachowskis, which means it's going to be very pretty looking for a lot of the stuff that happens. It's going to be well directed, but it's just a bad goofy movie. So it's not like we're going to give it a one. It's still competently made. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of a stupid film. (laughs) Yeah. At least this one didn't spawn two even worse sequels. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, five like it's Avatar. Oh, yeah. God. Well, I was thinking of the Matrix movies. Oh, I know. Got them Wachowskis. Uh, But where is the Speed Racer sequel? Come on, guys. Come on. Where's Speed Racer? Come on. Come on, Wachowskis. Let's make this happen. (laughs) Go, Speed Racer. Go. 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 Ninjas. More like non-jas. So thank you so much for joining us. We will be back in another couple weeks with more Movie Mastery. If Mm -hmm. you like what you hear, you want to support us here, you can, of course, go to patreon.com slash system mastery and pledge at any level. It helps us keeps the lights on and food on the table yeah, and the podcast as, on the air. You might as well because apparently Patreon is sailing off into death and why not why not pledge now and 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 go out with a blaze of glory. Well, get into Patreon before they start trying to milk you for dumb nonsense. Yeah. Actually they're going to try and start milking us for dumb nonsense. That's pretty much the problem. I, well apparently they're going to try and turn it into a video streaming platform but like their idea is to compete with Twitch? Well, no. Their idea is we need to find a way to make more, make money. more money off of doing nothing than we already are. It's insane. Like it, They literally do nothing. No. And they, they make so much money. It's just a facilitation process that they make millions of dollars off of, and they are unhappy about that. <sighs> anyway, we're on Patreon. For and now. It helps us out. So patreon.com slash system mastery. And, of course, if you want to check out any of our other shows, you can go to our website, systemmasterypodcast.com. Yeah, stop on by. We've got our System Mastery, our Movie Mastery, and our Expounded Universe. We make so many shows. We've got a bunch of content for you and... And you. And you. And we've got bonus content, which you can get when you subscribe on Patreon. Uh Uh-huh. But until such a time as we are back, we will leave you with this little note. Ladies and gentlemen, be good to each other. Yeah. Love each other. Yeah. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Party on, dude. (laughs) And party on, Garth. (laughs) And and may the party on be with you. (laughs) And also with you. (laughs) 